Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, Christian sits down with Grim Deeds, the alter ego of Dustin Umberger, who's a self-proclaimed weird dad. Dustin's a teacher, a skateboarder, a musician, and of course, a dad to his son, Logan. Dustin may not be a full-time musician, but in the last seven years, he's released 23 albums. Dustin shares the fears he had about becoming a dad, and he talks about the rewarding feeling of seeing our kids learn new skills. And he touches a little on learning about Pokemon from his son. Make sure you check out some of his music on Bandcamp, which is grimdeeds.bandcamp.com. What are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Here's Dustin Umberger, aka Grim Deeds, on the Rad Dad Show. Hi, Dustin. Uh, welcome to the Rad Dad Show. Um, we're going to start this interview like we always start. Who are you? Well, my name is Dustin, but I go by Grim Deeds. That's my sort of artist alter ego. Uh, it's a punk rock project that I've been doing for the past seven years, mainly as like a one-man band. And I guess you would uh, consider it pop punk, mainly. Um, kind of a weird underground, uh, almost kind of black metal vibe to it because it's very DIY. And um, I've released 23 albums so far, <laughs> you know, so I've done a lot of, of music and collaborations with bands and, and different places. And I'm a skateboarder and I'm a teacher and I'm a dad. So those are the essentials. There we go. Yeah. That's why you're here. If you care to share the name, age of kids, kid, kids. Yeah. So I have a son, uh, Logan. Logan is about to turn six and uh, that's what he looks like. <laughs> uh, there we go. Awesome. Six-year-old, yes, my son. Is, my son is ten, so yeah. Okay, I know what I know. It's coming. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? Uh, I would say weird dad, maybe with rad being like a, an alternative synonym for weird. Um, I do weird stuff. I'm into weird hobbies, and my tastes are not what I guess the regular dads are into in our community. Um, and my son is aware of this. He knows that I love skateboarding and rock music and crazy music. And he knows about grim deeds. And he knows that I have like a weird sense of humor, that I say things that are strange and that I act goofy and, and stuff like that. So I would say I'm a, I'm a weird dad. And if <laughs> people approve of skating and punk rock and stuff like that, I guess it's, it's rad in a sense. Uh, but I'm going to stick with weird mostly. <laughs> I like that. Maybe we'll, we'll rebrand for, for your episode, the weird dad, the weird dad show. Uh, what, what's, what kind of, what makes a rad dad? And what are some of the traits that you think kind of make rad dad according to your definition there? I think it's important for rad dads to demonstrate that they're willing to do what they love and what they're passionate about, even if it's not like a mainstream thing, you know, and they're just going to do it for themselves and do it anyway. And, and have goals that they set for themselves and whatever their passions are and follow those passions. Uh, I also think it's important for the rad dad to be really in tune with their children's interests and to help them, you know, by supporting their interests and not like trying to steer them in one direction or another necessarily, but just exposing them to a lot of different things, different uh, aspects of life, different potential 
interests and then seeing what sticks and kind of paying attention to what what your child is getting stoked on and then when you see that seize on that opportunity and say like oh cool well, I'm gonna get into it as well like Logan's really into Pokemon and I didn't know anything about Pokemon really but now I know a lot about Pokemon and I know <laughs> evolutions and all the different regions and I know about Pokemon Go and I know about Battle Academy and I know about uh, you know I could probably list about a hundred or so characters just from memory but he he's always correcting me you know he's the expert and like so I kind of let him be the expert but show him like yeah this is cool let's get into it together and I think it's cool to have you know to take an interest in whatever your child's into I think that's what makes a rad dad in the end is showing that support yeah and that's a, that's a you know common answer a common theme that we see from the guests on the show is like is is that be, just being there and kind of being that supportive and it is it really that easy <laughs> mm -hmm. i think so for me uh maybe it's part of my personality maybe it comes from being a teacher too but you want to honor what kids are stoked on and help them develop their skills and feel like a sense of accomplishment i always feel, get a really great feeling out of like when whatever i contribute to the conversation makes that person feel more affirmed or proud of themselves especially if it's a kid it's like that's a that's a rad feeling, you know, as a dad, it's a rad feeling when your son feels proud because he, he made a basket and, uh, you know, even though I can see his basketball skills are very, uh, <laughs> at this point, like he's, he's stoked to, tr to get the basket. He's stoked to do 20 dribbles, you know, and like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, always giving him that positive encouragement, I think is, is important. And, um, you know, setting some kind of positive example and, how you react to things and how you take uh, all the wins and losses, you know, and trying to show them, you know, that there's going to be struggles no matter what you're into. If you have goals, you know, in order to reach a worthwhile goal, you're going to have to struggle and uh, being that person who's there to support and like provide positive encouragement. I think it's a great role, you know, as a dad and as a teacher, because it's just, you know, it's like its own reward and uh, certainly it makes a difference for the for the kids I work with and for my son, you know, to feel that encouragement. And then you kind of mentioned, you know, following the the passions. Why why is that important as as a dad to follow your own kind of own path? And what, what does that do? Well, does that influence your kids? Is it just more just kind of like a role model type thing? And they see that you're stoked on things. And yeah, I mean, I think in society and in, in the world in order to meet your own personal goals or even to have personal goals, you need to have some kind of sense of self and develop like some self-confidence to know like whatever you're into is, is great. If, it, if you're into it, you know, if you have some community around it and if you have some purpose behind it, then it's, then it's good enough. I think a lot of people question that about themselves. And um, particularly if you grow up in a situation where you are not receiving encouragement for whatever you're, passionate about and that was kind of my situation like growing up uh there are plenty of people in my life who who weren't stoked on skateboarding not stoked on the kind of music I was into and uh didn't think it was worthwhile didn't think it was worth pursuing and uh, I always fought against that I think it in a way it made me more motivated to to pursue it <laughs> you know and it's kind of like even now I'm in my 40s and I'm still doing this because I was saying the other day to my friend, every time I put out a CD, it's kind of like a little 
merit badge that I'm giving myself to, to prove like, yeah, like I'm still doing it. So what? Like, I still love it and I'm going to keep doing it. And I, I think that there's some satisfaction you can get out of that. Um, I don't know. I, I think it, who knows what it would have been like if I had, had you know, lots of more positive encouragement around what I was into growing up. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I would have been satisfied with less or something, but like now I've got that fire in me. It's just like, like I have to do it. It's like, I have a point to prove. And I think that there's, there's a way you can balance that like ambition with having positive role model, someone who can support and support and encourage you. And that's what I think is, uh, you know, very important for me as a dad. I don't know if that answers the question, but. No, it, yeah, it gets at that whole, that whole theme and stuff. And it just, mm-hmm. it's kind of also, I guess, maybe why I do what I do with rad dads and why I started it, it was kind of, yeah, you know, my my dad uh, committed suicide you know, a number of years ago, so he wasn't really part of my life, and no, and my mom and I had a had a fractured relationship, and so maybe it's you know me kind of trying to, I don't know, you know, trying to to maybe get some validation some way, maybe in mm-hmm. a deep, deep level, but but I yeah. I just um, yeah having those goals and following the passionate passions, you know, we try to in, empower dads to do that, you know, it's like. Yeah, we're all into kind of skateboarding. We're all into like punk stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember growing up, like people like, yeah, oh, you listen to punk. It's like amateur, or stupid. I'm like, yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. It kind of gave me like this worldview of like you know, a different worldview about, well, at least the punk rock I listen to, you know, community. And, and it's like this, this positive kind of vibe that you kind of we put out in the, the world. And that kind of, I, I want to see my son see me as having goals and passions and I want him to kind of find his own. And I think uh, it's easy to do that if, if you have your own, right? And, you know, kind of being that, that role model there. And so I think it's, it's really important. That, and that's why you're here, man. Yeah. Well, you um, said something, you know, I, I'm very sorry to hear about your dad. Um, but it kind of solidifies this idea of I've had all along, which is that a lot of people in our community, skaters and punk rockers, come from damaged backgrounds. Like my background was like that. I, you know, my parents fought all the time and there was a very, you know, it was a very chaotic uh, sort of traumatic home environment for us growing up. There was violence and there was screaming and yelling and just poor examples, you know, of adulthood being displayed all the time. And uh, I don't blame either of them. I just think they were just not equipped with the tools and resources that they needed to, to thrive. And that sucks, but it's like, it is what it is. And then, you know, there were divorces, there were like step families, a disapproving stepdad, you know, didn't like skating, didn't like punk. And then that marriage also ended. And then it's just, you know, one thing after another, man. And so you seek like chosen family when you're in that situation. And uh, that's why this whole punk thing and skateboarding, I think means so much to me. It, it, it was uh, a surrogate family for me, for, you know? And uh, I, just, I love my mom and my dad passed away actually just in December. and. Uh, Sorry. So that kind of like, you know, you lose a parent, it makes you reassess your life and and a lot of deep kind of ways. And also it's it definitely helps me to focus on what I want to accomplish as a dad and what I want to offer my son, you know, and in a different way than what I experienced growing up. Yeah. And that's uh, you know, one of the things that kind of keeps well keeps me going it's not really the the, the the phrase but you know just like i'm very reflective a father i think and the fact that i 
do a lot of the things that I do it try to do I guess maybe the exact opposite what my dad would have done. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? you know and and my stepdad so I had a really similar thing you know like my parents were together separated so you know my mom three you know had three kids me and my brother and sister I was the oldest she took care of us dad wasn't really around uh mm -hmm. and then you know my mom met someone remarried stepdad who was uh you know had some really positive qualities but also uh you know a alcoholic uh mm. would get angry you know but you know he was very supportive of us you know provided a roof and, and food and all those sorts of things so again like you i you know i don't fault him or anything but yeah it's uh and then that relationship dissolved and my mom passed away two years ago so now I'm, I'm you know i have a 10 year old who has no grandparents and it's just like a a weird kind of because i grew up really close with my grandparents and it's like oh man how do i how do i navigate this you know he's not going to have these sorts of experiences and so i try to provide him with, with those sorts of things yeah man yeah the funny thing is my dad was actually very supportive of skating and and punk and stuff and he was open-minded to all that stuff but he still you know <laughs> set a lot of bad examples in terms of how to like deal with life and deal with stress and deal with conflict and there is just like you know like he he, he built me a ramp you know i had a little mini ramp in the backyard uh no coping just like a four <laughs> no ramp. and uh he bought my bought me all my boards uh he introduced me to cool music and and stuff and he grew up rough he, he's from like a, a very uh rural um poverty stricken part of Virginia where I'm from and um you know a lot of drugs a lot of crime a lot, lot, lots of poverty and just ignorance and backcountry craziness and that's how he grew up it's one of his first memories was his mom being murdered like she like was murdered by someone and she like hid him under the bed and and then Whoa. he was adopted by like you know an adopted family dad was an alcoholic and just you know crazy gnarly childhood and my mom was like the opposite she's like a sheltered uh army brat her my grandfather was a a colonel in world war ii and had this like illustrious military career and so she's like this privileged but sheltered person and he's like this wild animal you know from like total opposite end of the spectrum and then they get together ah, what could go wrong you know like, <laughs> so you know they're trying to figure out their lives when i was born and uh it was just a struggle all the way up until it ended. And then like the stepdad thing for me was he was a Harvard law school graduate lawyer in a small town and had like a sort of social reputation to keep. And my like skater bullshit wasn't fitting into his, you know, definition of what was acceptable. So I remember I used to sneak like my blind jeans in my backpack and like change in the bathroom, wear skater clothes at school because I wasn't allowed to wear it at home. So I had like a lot of weird like identity crisis uh issues there for a while because i like wanted to be myself but i couldn't outwardly express it you know in that family and so that's always kind of been part of who i am just like like having to have a an acceptable version of myself and then like the real version of myself so that's kind of like the grim deeds thing it's like grim deeds isn't my expression of everything weird and everything extreme that's inside my head and outwardly too like with the artwork and the character i try to really lean into that but then i'm a teacher i'm a dad i live in a affluent little suburb in the bay area of california and i have to like do my role correctly so there's always like it kind of harkens back to that time of trying to you know meet everyone else's expectations while fulfilling what's important to me and so i don't know for my son i try to let him know like that i'm gonna 
support him no matter what. <laughs> so whatever he's into, he doesn't have to feel guilty about it or feel weird about it. Like, like I did. And I think that's too, like some of the, the underlying themes that we do with rad dads that you kind of, kind of touched on in a little bit. It's like, you know, we, we try to like, you know, like, like if you look at our, what we do and like our events, like it's stuff that I, I would do anyways, you know, it's still skateboards. We host like a skateboard night. I have a, I play I sing in a, 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 a punk rock cover band, Bad Religion cover band. We, we call nice. ourselves Dad Religion. So we, yeah. we we host we've hosted a few like all ager gigs where it's like bring the kids out, but also you could have a beer while watching some punk rock. You're introducing your kids to punk rock. All of those things that um, you know. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like being myself, right? And I I never. Um, you know, I, I want to continue to be myself and not have to be someone different. And, mm-hmm. uh, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I don't know where yeah. I was going with that. Uh, well, I think too, it's, it's cool that you have like sustained interests and hobbies and, uh, and like a kind of culture that you're a part of, a community that you're a part of that has remained important to you throughout your life. Like I always think it's essential for, to, for anybody to have something that they're really into, <laughs> you know, like I, I just agree. You know if it's, it's just who I am as a person, but like, I think having that purpose in life is very important and not just being like, I don't know, like a, a casual sort of participant in your life. Like, I think you need to have some kind of focus to get stoked on. And it really helps with life, like the ups and downs in life. If you always have that thing that you can indulge in or have that outlet to, to work on that's, that's within your own control. Because for me, a big part of my childhood was like lack of control. Like I couldn't control what was happening around me. So I wanted to have something that was mine and like skating worked like that and music worked like that. And it's, as I learned to like write songs and, and stuff like that, it was very empowering. So I think it's, yeah. it's cool to be able to retreat within yourself and have outlets that you can share and form a community around it. Because it's like really affirming to who you are, you know, when, you, when you're able to display that. And it takes a lot of work, obviously, too but it's work that you can feel good about at the end of the day. For sure. Uh, how has fatherhood changed you? Mm, I think it's made me more aware in general, aware of myself and aware of other people and other people's struggles. And I think it's humbled me to the fact that like, you know, I'm, I'm not so great as a, as an individual. Uh, we have a lot in common with each other, you know, other parents, other dads, other human beings. I kind of look at life a a bit differently. Whereas maybe growing up, I felt like there was this uh, separation between me and the rest of the world. You know, I felt like I was this rebellious guy, independent thinker. And now I realize like, that's really not so much the case. It's more, you know, I have these specific hobbies and interests, but I can relate to pretty much anybody. Like, (laughs) you know, if I try, you can find some common ground. And I think it's made me less, um, I don't know, ego centered or less selfish or something like that. Because before I address my own needs, I have to check everything else off the list. I have to make sure my son is, has everything he needs, all the attention he needs, my wife, you know, my family. So the sense of responsibility, I think, is, is a big difference. Whereas before it was like, you know, that a lot of that stuff felt optional <laughs> and now it's not, it's like, these, these are the priorities and like, there's certain limits that I have to sort of live within, 
and it can feel confining at times. Like if I'm honest, it can feel kind of like I'm in a nice prison, you know, like a very comfortable prison, but there are certain boundaries and I can't go outside of those boundaries. So you have to just thrive within wherever your, your little ecosystem is. Um, and I don't want to make it sound negative, but you know, like I'm not, I can't just go out to shows, you know, come back late. You know, I can't go on road trips and go tour. I mean, maybe, maybe some dads feel comfortable doing that, but I don't, I, I that's why I, the grim deeds thing works for me because I basically do it all from home and it's all, you know, everything depends on me being present and being available, like career, family, fatherhood, like all that stuff is, that's what I mainly do in life. And the other stuff is like important, but it has to, you know, take a back seat, I guess. Right. And it's also, you know, finding that balance, right. You have so many things on the go, it seems. And it's like, you know, uh, that's, that's important, you know, and we've interviewed a lot of musicians, touring musicians, they say the same sort of thing, you know, they have to kind of provide for their family, but by providing for their family, they have to be on the road, but being on the road is being away from their family. So it's just mm -hmm. the biggest, this, this kind of, a, you know, this lifestyle that's different than most for sure. Um, mm -hmm. Did you have any fears about being a dad? Totally. I didn't even want to be a dad. I, I was really against it for a long time. And I used to always say like these very, sardonic comments about it like oh well i think it's good, good to have zero children like that's that's my goal you know and like i think it was a combination of fear that i would fail because i felt like my parents failed in a lot of important ways uh, i mean i don't want to mom if you're watching this like i love you <laughs> you know like there were a lot of failures that i witnessed like adults failing to set the kind of example that they they should have you know and uh i felt susceptible to that i also knew that you know, because of what I'd been through, like there were certain things about myself that I, I wasn't really happy about. I was like ashamed of, like sometimes the way I would react to things, like the anger that would come out. I was, I was afraid that I was going to repeat some of those mistakes as a dad. And I also just was like aware that everything was going to change. And I didn't want that. I wanted to have some control over my life still. And I wanted to have options. And most of my friends, even still today are, are, bachelors you know like my age but not married and do you know they work and stuff but they kind of choose their own adventure <laughs> you know when it comes to their free time and i was like i'm not ready to give up all that stuff like i still want to do you know i was really focused on music and and that was really important to me and yeah so i i didn't want to be a, a parent mostly it was fear though i think just fear of failure and fear of, of the change that was coming but i, I what it basically it came down to is i understood it was something that it was natural and that my wife, you know, she was basically at that age where it's like, okay, biological clock is telling you, <laughs> you need to do this now. And I didn't want my selfishness to be the reason for not having kids. And I didn't want to prevent her from having that experience. Cause I love my wife and, you know, we've been together a long time and it was like, all right, I just gotta, just gotta go for it. But I experienced some pretty heavy like depression and um, emotional and mental health problems like early on when I became a dad, just like the lack, loss of sleep, loss of freedom, um, feeling like lack of control and, and overwhelmed by the situation. And like, it was gnarly. Like I, I reached some really dark moments in those early years, but yeah, everyone would kept telling me, Oh, it does get easier. It does get easier. <laughs> I mean, it does in certain ways. Um, 
but I think the reason it does is because you become stronger. It's like sink or swim. You don't want to fail. So you just try harder, try harder, try harder. You develop more strategies. And so, I, I mean, I overcame like a pretty dark depression, like just through my own, like investigating what could work for me. Like I looked into therapy, but I don't know if that you've ever tried that, but it's like really difficult here in the United States to, to even find somebody and like to, to work it around your schedule and get your insurance to pay for it and stuff. So that was kind of a dead end, you know, the, my attempts to find that. And then like, I, I read about uh, cognitive behavior therapy and stoicism and different sort of mindsets. And I just read a few books and I was like, you know what, I, this actually makes sense to me. And I started to like apply, you know, the, the teachings and it, it slowly over time started to work. And I, I felt good about that. It's like, all right, I didn't, I didn't blow it. Cause I felt like I was like in the beginning, just kind of spiraling down into this dark place luckily logan was so young you know he wasn't aware of what was going on but everybody else was everybody's like jesus christ like mm -hmm. <laughs> he's really like it was you know it was bad you know it was bad enough to put a damper on everything um i think that you know like i said before you you, you get stronger and more resilient that's a big change that i think without fa the fatherhood component i probably wouldn't be that person because there's nothing else that can sort of force you to change in that in those ways there's no other impetus that i can think of that that is so demanding that makes forces you to become a better person unless you want to just fail <laughs> which i don't want to do right well a lot of that a lot of that what you said is just kind of like really you know synonymous with, with me too like just analogous and the fact that yeah i was i was terrified and like um, you know, my son's mother and I aren't together anymore. Um, but you know, when we, we got together, you know, we're, you know, we were both professionals, um, career oriented maybe, and we like to travel. And so it was like, that was kind of, I thought at the time that was going to be our life. You know, we both agreed that we were going to have kids and mm -hmm. travel the world, do all basically, you know, like the freedom, like you said, you know, do the things that you kind of want to do. You had the money and all that. And, yeah, she kind of changed like no you know, i kind of want to kill like, what where'd this kind of gonna come from and then mm. i remember when she told me that she was pregnant i, I didn't have the best reaction <laughs> it was like like instant panic mm. and uh yeah i didn't you know luckily i guess didn't didn't have you know become depressed or anything and mm. it's been great but um yeah i have a I had a fear a big fear and all for all those similar reasons you know fear i would, would fail and my dad wasn't there. I didn't really have a role model. I didn't really know how to be a dad. And, mm -hmm. and you know, there's sometimes I even kind of catch myself, you know, you know, acting similar to like what my stepdad was. And I'm like, mm. man, I gotta check myself. Like, how why am I reacting like this? I'm reacting exactly the same way as my stepdad would. And I remember being in that situation, being, you're a fucking asshole right now. <laughs> so yeah. and yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I gotta react differently. And like, it's just crazy. Um but uh, yeah, so I'm glad you kind of kind of got out of that. And and you mentioned like, like the cognitive therapy kind of stuff. You know, Jim, like we were talking before with Jim Lindbergh with Pennywise, trying to tell you he was kind of talking about one of the books. I can't remember the author right now, but similar similar type story. Like yeah, just that sort of stuff has has worked for him. Well, his lyrics are, are very centered around that kind of stoic philosophy and the cognitive behavioral therapy like tenants which is basically the, the overarching theme is that everyone experiences negative emotions 
but how you think about those emotions and how you decide to deal with them is really up to you. And that's where you have the power and the control because the emotion, once you feel it coming on, if you develop the skill of thinking like, okay, I'm feeling the emotion. Let me assess the situation and see like, what's the reason. And then once I know the reason decide, how am I going to react to it? And am am I going to ruminate on it for a long time? Or am I going to just let it, let it pass and, and move on, you know? And so you kind of get better at recovering from negative things. The problem with depression, at least for me, is that once the negativity starts, it just like, just like spreads throughout you. And then it, it just lingers. And that lingering part is the depression. And so like what the cognitive behavioral therapy stuff did for me was it gave me a, a the ability to decide, sort of stop it and recognize like, okay, this is negative, but like you, you can see that it's, you know, not a, not a, a big deal <laughs> you know a lot of the, most of the time it's not really a big deal and it's like if you can kind of train yourself to to take the take things less personally and just sort of see see things in a, a non-depressed person kind of way where it's it's not that everybody's against you there's no conspiracy theory operating it's just how you're choosing to react and sometimes the, like the, the depression reaction is like I, I interpret it as like you want control and so if nothing else is working, at least I can control how bad I feel. <laughs> it's kind of like this demented control, you know, it's like, well, I can just, I have always have the power to make things worse, you know, but that's a terrible way to, to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, I think like what you were saying about your dad and, and stepdad, like I catch myself sometimes like Logan is the one who really keeps me accountable to, to not be a dick. And if I start to get that way, like, he at least now, like he can communicate and say like, Hey, like you're, you why are you being so, you know, strict or whatever. And I'm constantly questioning myself and, and like trying to stay on point. And, you know, you're always going to make mistakes and stuff like that, but I feel at least good that, you know, Logan, most of Logan's core memories are, are going to be of me being like this pretty relatable dad who he can easily communicate with and who's honest and i'll admit if i screwed up and i think that's important because like i don't know how it was for you but maybe our generation like adults weren't really in the practice of apologizing to kids (laughs) or saying like i screwed up sorry like i should do better next time like that was not part of the adult you know lingo it was more like you know deal with it i'll give you something to cry about or like yeah exactly how it is you need to you know and I, like I'm the one who's in control, you know. That kind of Kid, stuff. Kids should be seen and not heard. Yeah, <laughs> or just like, you know, like they ultimately have the the control. And I think, and I've learned this as a teacher too. The, the number one way to build resentment in in a student is to force them and to to only say like the reason that you have to do this is because I say so. Like you automatically lose respect that way. And as a parent, you, I mean, you can't just like totally give kids every option in every situation but you have to say like okay well here's the reason that i'm choosing this for you and you know you have to kind of have like a balance of you know giving choice but and having conversation and dialogue about it but not not just (laughs) you know having uh having the kids rule the show either, you know, that's not a good thing either. So it's very, it's very hard, man. It's hard to be a parent. It's hard to be. And that's why I have compassion for my own parents, you know, even though, you know, I could have done without a lot of the gnarliness, but I understand. I think that's another thing about being a dad too, is it, it, it gives you a more capacity to, to forgive and more empathy, you know, those are good, good qualities because when you have that, 
people can act lame and it doesn't piss you off as much because it's like, all right, well, this guy's clearly having a bad day, you know, or whatever. And like, or his life sucks or, or you just, I don't immediately jump to like, Oh, fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm not taking it personally I'm automatically. Like you always are taking a step back. I mean, teachers have to do this too. Cause yeah. when students misbehave, it's not because they, they got up in the morning and they're like, Oh, I'm going to get Mr. Uh, teacher. I'm going to make him make his day miserable. You know, it has nothing to do with me. It's all about their, whatever they're going through. So I think parenthood can, can give you that perspective if you, if you're reflective. You know? For sure. And, and also like just the, the fact that you know, we're as a society, we're more uh, aware of, you know, mental health issues. That's, mm -hmm. you know, something, you know, that word mental health or that phrase, you know, 10, 15 years ago, no one said anything about that. And, you know, uh, people tend to share a bit more and open up, you know, it's getting better. Mm -hmm. for sure i get that what are the the rewarding aspects of being a dad for you mm. well i mean having a healthy son who's developing you know in all the right ways and meeting all the markers and impressing me with like his skills i mean every all of that is just a gift and it's 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 overwhelming to think about it sometimes how wonderful it is to have a son who's just you know as great as logan is and um for me, I mean, my situation is very fortunate. I'm a teacher in a bear in, in the Bay Area where it's impossibly expensive to live, but we live in uh, the house where my wife grew up. So her this is her family's home, and they're here a lot of the time. That's kind of part of my uh, struggles in the beginning. It was like she's different culture, she's Chinese, and like the whole family was here, you know, when Logan was born and like people come and go and tell me what to do and like, okay, we're going to do this now. And like, I didn't have any choice. I'm like, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, but, but because we live here, he gets to go to this amazing school. It has a Chinese immersion program and a safe neighborhood. We live in a place where, I, you know, I feel like we're offering him the best possible opportunities, you know, in life. And I feel super fortunate. Um, that's just circumstantial. So I'm really grateful for that. But in terms of the rewards of fatherhood itself, I mean, nothing beats the feeling of just being physically close to your child, like having them just carrying them or, you know, he doesn't really like to snuggle with me, but like he'll let me, you know, cuddle him if we're watching a movie or reading a book together and stuff. And I think it's kind of like, because I'm the dad and he's the only child, I'm almost, I'm kind of like a dad and brother. So we kind of play the role of like, well, you know, rough house and getting little arguments, like fight like brothers, but I'm also his dad. And it's a unique thing, man. And it's, um, I mean, every day I get to hang out with him so much, you know, we spend a lot of time together and like, I'm on spring break. He's on spring break. We're hanging out every day. Like it's, uh, it's nothing to take for granted. That's for sure. I think the, just the reward of getting, getting that time and watching them grow up and, and being the dad, like, he calls me dad. I'm his dad. Like, uh, he relies on me for things. I have the power to make him feel good. I have the ability to encourage him and, and provide for him all these experiences. I mean, I'm the one who chooses like what song we're going to listen to, you know, Oh, I think we'll try municipal waste in the, in the car <laughs> class. And he was into it. He's like, turn it up. You know, I like this, but sometimes he doesn't want what I want. And it's kind of cool to like, just offer him like, okay, well, what are you into? Like, Oh, you like this? terrible i'm a banana song from youtube we have to listen to that like five times a, every day but it's like a joke like oh we're gonna listen to it again and then i'm like oh 
you know, and we react, you know, this, the humor, you know, that building that relationship, it's a unique thing. It's very challenging, but it's like, it's beautiful, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's the most significant and challenging adventure of my life, I'd say. Sure. I like, I, yeah, I, I agree with all those things, you know, to see them kind of hone their skills, whatever it is. My son really uh, blossomed this year in hockey, really got really, you know, he's always been into it. And like, I'm, I've been his coach for a number of years, but seemed something like there was like a turning point this year where he, his interest just like his overload. And I'm, you know, all into to obliging that for sure. But it's been just seeing him on the ice progress. Uh, just like, it's awesome. And just, you know, when he scores a goal, just that proud kind of moment, just like nothing beats it. Right. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. When you're, when your kid is proud and they look at you and you yeah. can make them feel really good about themselves, like that's, I think that maybe that's one of the best rewards. You know? Yeah. One of the, you know, the moments like I had the COVID uh, two weeks ago. And so I was out, we, we, we made it to the city's championship. We had a really, really good team this year and they made it to the city championship and I couldn't be there as a coach. And I was just like talking to him before the game, one of the games. And he's like, dad, I'm going to score you a goal. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> sure enough. Like I get the message from his mom. Yeah. Kingston scored a goal. I talked to him after he's like, I heard you scored a goal. He's like, yeah, dad has scored one for you. And I'm like, Oh, it like melted my heart. when he said that. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the dad, the dad and son bond is unique, you know? I thought I was going to have a girl. Like I was convinced that it was going to be a yeah. girl. I was like, maybe that'll be the nice thing about it. The sweet little girl. And then it was a boy. And I was like, all right, well, let's go for it. And like my wife grew up with two sisters in a household with like their mom and like really girly, super. I mean, I don't want to sound like ignorant or something, but you know, like never did any outdoorsy type stuff, like kind of germaphobic, like rolling around in the grass is not going to happen. You know? <laughs> yeah hiking camping none of that stuff fishing no way you know so like i get to like be a boy with him you know i get to show him like hey like yeah like don't wear your shoes in the house but when we're outside like whatever man like you can you can roll around in the sand like i don't care and it's a cool balance you know because my wife she she's teaching him great uh life skills in her own way and she's super on point with the academics and all the reading and math and chinese development and stuff like I have to give her full credit for all of that. And she's very loving, but you know, I have my unique role to offer and it's cool. Cause like he has both of us. And he was saying that the other day, cause he was asking a question about like, how come in this story, like there was only a, a mom. I was like, well, sometimes kids don't have both parents, you know, for different reasons. And he's like, well, it's cool that I have both parents. And I was like, yeah, like we're really happy to offer that to you. Cause neither, neither of us really had that. So. That's sweet. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, you know, same with my son, you know, he's pretty fortunate, like, although we're separated and I have him like a week on week off kind of scenario, we, we co-parent really, really well. And, um, and we are also, you know, we're both really involved in his life where, you know, it's, yeah, she may have him for a week, but I see him almost every day <laughs> because it's either, you know, me coaching him for hockey or, or, or something. And so, uh, yeah, it's important to kind of, you know, have both to be around there. Yeah, um, let's let's talk a little bit about you know grim deeds you're, you're you kind of mentioned it at the beginning you're like i think did i correct me if i'm wrong did you release something last week uh yeah i had a single yeah, yeah i mean i'm releasing stuff like constantly or i have been all this time uh the way it usually goes is i'll release a single and then maybe i'll release like a few more and a few more and a few more and eventually it becomes an album and then i'll release okay. an album 
it's kind of a weird model of, of, of releasing music, but it was just like, I kind of saw the opportunity with Bandcamp and the way people consume music now, it's different than when we grew up. So I didn't really see the point in investing all my resources in some kind of studio recording and then like a CD, yeah, like who's gonna buy that? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and I still make CDs, I still make records, still make t-shirts, all that stuff. I think it's important to have all that stuff, but, but the uh, kind of short attention span culture that we have now, I, I was like, well, I'm ready. Here's a song. Here's another one. Here's another one. Here's another one. You know, like, I don't know what it is about me that, that I think for most people, they, they wouldn't want to do it my way because they, they would want to spend more time on it or, or develop it more or something. But for me, it's just like, I have this essential idea for whatever this song is. I'm recording it under these constraints of like time and resources. And it's like, okay, this is more or less what I had in mind. Here you go. You know, and here's another one. Here's another one. And I've been doing that for like seven years, you know, just putting out DIY songs and to the best of my abilities, you know, I'm not like a, a virtuoso on any instrument, but I've got <laughs> these ideas for songs and you know, what, what the feedback that I get that I value the most is that it, it inspires other people to do stuff creatively. You know, like, Oh, I never, you know, thought I could record songs but then like you your example got me stoked and now here's my album you know and then like I, I made a, a record label called Laptop Punk Records which I've been doing for uh, about two years now and I've put out tons of stuff by guys like me you know like or and women too who, who are like creative and have an outlet and want to share it so uh, it's kind of the the whole ethos behind what I do is to, to prove that it's possible and that you don't need like gatekeepers to, to let you in. You can just do it anyway and just barge it. It's kind of like skating too, you know? Yeah, it's like, like, it's that punk rock, you know, DIY ethics, right? It's just like, just, and it's no different from Rad Dads. You know, I had, had the idea, came across a group in Vancouver and I just, oh, this is really cool. And I reached out to the guy there and he's like, yeah, you should do one in Edmonton. And then before I know it, I'm like having our first meeting and then it's grown into this thing that, it was morphed from what it initially thought it would be. Here we are five years later interviewing you or interviewing yeah. you know, Jim from Pennywise, Tommy Chong, interviewing. You know, it's just like, just like crazy to me to think of kind of what, but yeah, I've been inspired. And that's it kind of maybe speaks to the, the passions, following your passion and looking at people that inspire you. That, that's kind of why you're here, right? It's like, that's why we, we have these interviews. The hope is people listen to them and get inspired for somehow whether it's through through music or skateboarding or art or or whatever like it's just it's it's super cool and i i i like to contribute to that sort of i guess community yeah and what it shows your son is it's like look at what's possible if you want to do something you can do it there's always a way and, and like he's been drawing comics a lot lately and uh I'm stoked on it, you know, like he'll yeah. sit down and come up with a whole story and all the characters and do like this 15 page comic with the characters that he's made up, you know, they're kind of based on some of the books he's read, uh, I think a little bit, but I'm like, yeah, like you're the, I'm his editor, you know, and so he'll draw the pictures and stuff and I'll edit like little sentences here and there and then he's super into it like he even puts like about the author on the last page and like, oh, buddy. That's awesome. like, like logan likes bunnies and he hangs out with his cousins you know and, <laughs> and i'm like that's cool and, and then one time he asked me like could we like make it into like a real book and i'm like yep yeah for sure like you can do like if your goal is to be an author you can do it if your goal is to be a musician you can do it 
like whatever your goal is, there's a pathway. And I'm like another thing I'm doing right now, uh, when, when the pandemic started, I, I made this decision that I wanted to learn Japanese. It's like a goal I've always had, but it was just too intimidating. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, but I've, I did it and I've been doing it for like about a year and a half now. I've been studying the language uh, every day and I, I suck, you know, I'm like barely able to speak anything. Like I have like tutoring with italki uh, once a week and it's just like uh, it's the most scariest thing ever <laughs> you try speaking to a native japanese speaker and trying to figure it out but it, i'm showing him that and he's learning chinese he's way better at chinese than i am at, at japanese but it's this like i want him to see me struggle with it and and reach higher levels and get to you know like and i like i started freestyle skateboarding uh, recently just flatland actually yeah. kind of got inspired by that kevin harris interview and, you know, I'm, I'm terrible at that. You know, I, so I'm, a, I'm a street skater. So I don't, I'm like trying to learn walk the dog and all these weird moves. And, and he's watching me struggle. But then, I, then I'll get something. I'll be like, check it out. And I'll show him a video on my phone. And it's cool to do that, I think. It's cool to show that you're not always going to be good at something, especially when he, see, he's six. So if he, if he fails at something, he just wants to give up. Like, yep. right off the bat. And I have to, uh, you know, step in and say like, well, you could give up, but then you're never going to reach the goal. Like if you keep going, eventually you're going to get it. Your, your body will learn whatever it needs to learn. Your mind will develop and you'll, you'll get it. And I think like the DIY spirit of the grim deeds and skateboarding and just punk culture in general and like opportunities that present itself through the internet, it's all the same mindset of like, go for it. You know, there's no, I mean, it might fail, but fuck it you know like at least you tried and like if you really try if you're earnest about it you're going to get some results Great. that's, that's Great. my belief last last little bit here last question any any words of wisdom to any new dads or or just old dads out there well you know in the beginning of this interview i said i'm a, a weird dad i think i i sometimes have trouble relating to other dads because not a lot of the dads that i interact with on a regular basis seem to have the same kind of like mindset as I do is, is of, of prioritizing like a weird hobby or a passion that they're always working on. I mean, it's a few of them do like a good friend um, in our neighborhood. He's, he builds trains. He builds these like scale model trains. He has a, a freaking railroad in his yard. And that's, and that's like his thing, man. You know, and he knows everything about trains and he's an engineer, but he taught himself how to be an engineer. He didn't even go to school for engineering, but he works as an engineer now. So it's like, that's rad. So I relate to him, you know, uh, but there's other dads where it's just like, I feel like, man, like, what do we, I mean, we're dads, we have that in common, but I just feel kind of sorry for them. Maybe it's my ignorance, but it just seems like they don't have that spark of inspiration. Like they don't have an outlet that, that feeds their soul the way that the music and the skating does for me. And I think everybody needs to have that. So maybe my advice for dads would be like, if you don't have an outlet, if you don't have something that you're always looking forward to, that's, that's, separate from or at least outside of the family life and the work career life like get something like get into something work towards something you know work towards a goal personal goal because it's going to satisfy you which is important and it's going to rub off on every everything else you do in life it's going to be inspiring to your children it's going to probably help you out in you know in all aspects because when you're when you when you strive for personal fulfillment not at the expense of everything else but if you can make it work you know within you know, the context of your life, I think it sets a great example. And uh, I think the rewards you get from it uh, have positive effects on the other aspects of your life too. Sweet. 
I love that answer. Let's end it there, man. Yeah, man. This has been yep. a really great time, and let's stay in touch. You know. Yeah, for sure. I love. All right, that was Grim Deeds on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Dustin, for joining us. And thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you would just drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at at Rad Dad Show. And hey, you can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well, including this one. And wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us so much. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting, and you can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.